And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Good afternoon and welcome back to the studio. Mate, how nice is today? Oh, yeah, the weather's cracking. Oh, it is. Someone's looking down on us from somewhere because we've had a, a stretch this week that's been absolutely top shelf. And we're sitting here today and it's not 34 degrees mm-hmm. in the Sahara Desert. So <laughs> big props to the air-conditioned people too. Oh, uh, well, you see, it's not it's not working the way it should be either. I've got, I regret to report. <laughs> well, it's air- better than it has been in uh, previous weeks. Well, you know, they fixed it and then all of a sudden it wasn't fixed anymore and I've had to put it back on 18 cold. Oh. Uh, but it's not 18, as you can tell. Well, my yeah. office runs at a sweltery mm. 26, I reckon. So, Ooh. yeah, I'm definitely outnumbered boys to girls there. Anyway, this uh, air conditioning report was proudly brought to you by <laughs> Envision Financial because uh, you're paying for the time, my brother. That's all right. Luke Smith Friday. from Envision Financial. What is the difference between a self-managed super fund and a personal super fund? This sounds like a highly technical question. No, look, it really isn't. And I guess I just want to bring this one up because it's it's becoming more and more prevalent um, that people leap from industry fund to a self-managed super fund and don't realise that there's something in the middle. So if we break down different types of super funds, we keep in mind that all funds operate under the same rules. And I often say in my office, a lot like a motor vehicle, different cars have different features and different cars have different purposes. I don't drive a Mini. I'm six foot four, six foot five, wouldn't be a good look for Mini. I probably wouldn't get in one either. Well, you know, the modern-day Minis are actually not that Mini. No. And they're, they're, and they're, they're twice the size of a real Mini. And they're, and they're an absolutely cracking vehicle. Oh, yes. Um, that I would very easily and happily buy for my girls. Mm-hmm. But for me, not the greatest. And I use that analogy because super funds are exactly like cars. What you need needs to be considered in relation to the features of a car. Tradies drive utes for a reason, right? They've got to throw stuff in the back. Mm-hmm. Everybody else drives utes for no reason. Correct. Exactly <laughs> right. They can park in loading zones, much to the tradies' frustration. But super funds are the same. If you want a self-managed super fund, you're going down that road for a number of key considerations. If you want something between a self-managed super fund and an industry fund, that's when we start to talk personal super fund or retail super fund. And the easiest way to think of a distinction, a self-managed super fund allows you to be the trustee, so you are the controlling entity of that fund, and you must adhere to all of the legislative requirements of the superannuation industry. A personal superannuation fund has someone acting as the trustee for you. Now, some names that people would be familiar with would include retail super funds offered by Macquarie, Colonial, MLC, BT, Hub24, NetWealth, just to rattle a few off. Now, that's a great example of a retail super fund. Corporate governance is done for you. You are still a member of the fund. There is an approved product list that the personal super fund allows you to choose from. With a self-managed super fund, you can invest in just about anything you like, provided that you are doing it within the realms of the legislation. A self-managed super fund, you are responsible for selecting and administering the fund. As I said, the personal super fund, that compliance work is done for you. Now, the menu in a personal super fund is great, 
The menu in a self-managed super fund is great. A personal super fund or retail super fund will not allow you to hold a physical property. Okay, and this is one big point of differentiation. A self-managed super fund will allow you to own a commercial property, a residential property, a physical property asset. A personal super fund will not let you do that. So if you want to own the factory that you run your business in, a personal super fund is not going to be right for you. If you don't want to be responsible for the ongoing compliance obligations of running the SMSF, then a personal super fund will be better for you because that will be done for you. So I find people muddy the two together very, very quickly. I also find that retail super funds or personal super funds get stepped over when you talk to someone and says, oh, I'm going to go from an industry fund to an SMSF. No, no, you can, you can use a retailer or a personal super fund in the middle because with a personal super fund, you can control the income that's generated from your investments and you can control the use of franking credits that are generated within your portfolio. Now, you have no control over that in an industry fund because they're unitized investment vehicles. They don't pay dividends, okay? They just say the balanced option started the year at a dollar a unit and it ended at $1.6, whatever the total performance is. A self-managed super fund and a personal super fund allow you to generate dividends that you have greater control over to be able to then potentially fund the pension that you're going to draw to meet your living costs. So again, you're looking at the super fund and saying, what flexibilities do I want to have some greater control over? If managing your income, managing your franking credits, managing the tax and the estate planning controls to the next generation, if those things are important to you, then a personal super fund or a self-managed super fund would be more appropriate vehicles. If you just want something that will give you the balanced option and you're not entirely fussed about being engaged with the process, that's also totally fine and that's where an industry fund may be right for someone. So I use that analogy of what sort of car do you drive to get an idea of the key features from people as to why they have the cars they have. And when you break down those points of differentiation, people can then clearly see that not all funds are the same and you pick the right fund for the right purpose. So, uh, in other words, if we're going to use the car analogy, a self-managed super fund is like a car with a manual gearbox where you can make your own decisions, and the uh, personal super fund that's uh, run by uh, one of those uh, names that you mentioned before is like a car with an automatic gearbox. You don't have to worry about changing gears. True, but the personal <laughs> super fund has paddle shifts. Let's get it. Let's take it another level. It has the paddle shifts instead of being okay. manual. But uh, you, you have far more choice and control. I thought I'd throw that in no, there. No, I like it. You I like go. your analogy. I'll use that in the office. I, I believe fees are different too between the self-managed super they funds are. and the uh, personal super funds. That's right. So a self-managed super fund generally works on a fixed fee basis and a lot of wholesale superannuation accountants now either work on the number of assets in the fund or they will look at the composition of the fund and say the cost is X. So you have a lot of transparency. And for larger balances... A self-managed super fund is is generally uh, a much cheaper structure when you look at the cost of using the vehicle. Personal superannuation funds generally have a tiered pricing structure that reduces as the balance goes up and a lot now cap out at around a uh, million dollars where anything over 
uh, a certain fee of say $1 million at 0.15, so $1,500 a year in admin fees. Anything over that is, is completely free. So they are very, very competitive in relation to pricing. And that's where people need to remember that if you can get access to a wider range of investments, you can reduce your total investment costs to the point where personal super funds and self-managed super funds can actually be a lot cheaper than a comparative industry fund through the selections that are made because with more choice comes more control. With more control, you can now focus on reducing your fees. And everybody loves reducing their fees, but they also love reducing their fees and having a lot more options. Um, and that's where it comes down to saying with someone, well, what are the things that are important to you? And most people come in and say to me, I wanna have control over my income when I retire, and I wanna have growth to offset inflation that is relevant for me. If I had to narrow down two or three things that everybody says to me, it's, it's exactly those. Um, because I think people's focus changes significantly f up until the point where they want to draw their income out. And they're happy to have and get whatever they get along their working journey. But now when it's directly related to their lifestyle and the controls that they're after, I find people become far more engaged in the process in that pension phase because they're not only thinking about their taxes, they're thinking about their investment costs and they're thinking about the next generation and having control mechanisms in place to be able to mitigate tax when it comes to passing assets to that, to that next generation. So what sort of uh, situations or circumstances uh, would be important to consider when you're choosing either option? Yeah, so if you were going to go down the, the, the SMSF or personal super fund road, you would be thinking about investment choice and flexibility. Do I want to be able to choose from a very broad and wide range of investment options? That should include individually listed shares, exchange traded funds, some specialised managed funds, converting preference shares, a range of different investments that can give you control over the dividends that you generate as well as the franking credits and the use of those franking credits. Also thinking about with a self-managed super fund, they are a very, very flexible vehicle. If you were to run multiple pension accounts between say you and your partner out of one fund and limit the need to run two, three, four different super funds to achieve different tax planning strategies that could be available. So it's really about the control of the, the, the assets that you buy control of the fees that you incur, as well as being able to have control over the income that's generated and ways that you can maximise franking credits, which in a pension environment come back to you as cash. So it's again, it's very important that people understand that moving into retirement because that's a great way of having control over the bolstering of income and the bolstering of your return throughout a financial year. Okay, um, and conversely, going to the personal super fund, you might be giving up some of that control, but there's a trade-off there. You get the benefit that other people take uh, charge of certain things that you can then not worry about. Yeah, look, exactly right. And I think, again, the, for me, a personal super fund and a self-managed super fund accounts, may I mean, they're 80 to 90% the same without a few clear distinctions like the trustee issue that we had and then the physical buildings that you can buy. But if you want to buy a diversified portfolio of listed investments, then a personal super fund will give you a really, really broad range of options, probably buy anything in the ASX 300. 
as well as exchange traded funds and, and probably a thousand different managed fund options. So your average retail investor, if they're not going to go out and buy collectible cars, pink diamonds, paintings, or you want to have 100% of your super fund in BHP, then a personal super fund is a really, really good halfway home between a self-managed super fund and an industry fund. But I just find a lot of retail consumers jump from industry fund to self-managed super fund, mm. not knowing that this hybrid, if you like, is, is in between, which could be very, very flexible and very, very efficient for them because people want to retire. They don't want to be an administrator when they, they cease working. And, and that seems to be the big benefit of the retail personal super fund is that uh, somebody else takes care of the basic administration tasks and, of course, mm. deals with all the tax matters. Exactly. That's right. So you pay an admin fee to be in that fund, and as part of the admin fee that you pay, they will do the tax return, they will sort out the franking credits, they will do all the consolidated reporting of the underlying investments. So all of that is done for you, whereas with a self-managed super fund, you need to pay an accountant to do a tax return for the fund as well as an audit. Um, and with an industry fund, your internal cost ratio or your fee for investment, that covers all of that processing as well. So, you know, a lot of these funds have similarities, but you really need to sit down and say, well, what are the controls and flexibilities that are important to me? And then decide which fund you use. I just want people to take from today that a personal super fund is a very, very cost-effective and flexible vehicle that is between an industry fund and a self-managed super fund because the self-managed super fund is not for everybody. And the same can be said for an industry fund. It's finding that right vehicle for your needs in retirement. Yeah, it certainly seems to me as, as a layperson that a self-managed super fund uh, entails a bit more work. Um, it does for somebody like me, for the member and for an advised member of the public, I, I often say to people, can you can you sign a tax return? And they say, yeah, of course. And that's really their extent of um, their engagement. If you were mum and dad at home and, and running it yourself, then yes, there'll be a lot more engagement required if you are not receiving advice or having somebody do that for you. Um, but for me, I find the self-managed super fund at the right capital level is the most flexible vehicle that you can use with the personal super fund coming a close second for a lot of people um, for a range of different reasons. But again, we just want people to know that they are there. 11 minutes to five. And Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about what is the difference between a self-managed super fund and a retail personal super fund. Back with more in just a moment. Friday afternoon, which means, of course, Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about the difference between a self-managed super fund and a personal super fund. So, Luke, what are the key things to consider when deciding on what's the right super fund for you? Yeah, look, I think we touched on some of the key points of differentiation before the ad break, but really you're going down this road to say what are the things that are important to me during my accumulation journey while I work or when I move into pension phase and want to draw an income stream out of my accumulated super. The, the key things that I get from a lot of people are control over my assets, more importantly, control over the income that my assets generates, as well as use of franking credits and ways to maximise the efficiency of our accumulated assets between a couple, thinking about the tax implications of superannuation to non-dependent children. Now, the two vehicles that we've spoken about today to separate are both indications, be it a self-managed super fund and a personal super fund, 
great ways to have more control over the way that your super is invested and potentially a much cheaper way of going about that investment process compared to other alternatives. Now, we also said that, you know, simplicity is, is, is appropriate for some people and that might be where a personal super fund is chosen over a self-managed super fund. From a cost perspective, one big misconception is that self-managed super funds are expensive. When you start to get in excess of $800,000 between, a, you know, an in, well, for an individual or a couple, they, come, they can become very cost-effective vehicles. Um, so, again, dispelling that myth that they are expensive out of the gates is, is a bit of a fallacy. Um, the investment menu and the things you want to buy are very important. So a much wider range in a self-managed super fund because it's effectively unlimited. A personal super fund will have an approved product list and that is a selection of assets that have been researched by the super fund provider that the trustees of that fund are comfortable for you to use. I think people need to also think about how they want to retire and their level of engagement because your level of engagement around what happens will be a direct contributor to the type of fund that you wish to use as well as your general understanding of what is happening. If you don't want to be responsible for the administration of your super, personal super fund, great. If you want to be more involved and have some additional flexibilities, that comes at a price and that could be that you are legally responsible for the mechanics of that fund. Now, you outsource the mechanics of that fund to somebody like me or a trusted accountant, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't think that you need to go it on your own, but I think control, flexibility, peace of mind, income distributions, use of franking credits and transparency around fees are all the key reasons that I find people go down the road of a personal super fund compared to other alternatives. So, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, the office number is still 6260-4749. We have envisionfinancial.com.au on the internet. We've got the podcast, the strategy stacker Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. We have the YouTube channel Envision Financial Canberra where we have all of the shows. We have YouTube Shorts. We have the strategy stacker handle on the Tiki Talker and all of these superannuation options are detailed in Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning, available in all good bookstores, Amazon, Dimmix, Booktopia, um, and just about anywhere else you can find it online. Absolutely. Remember the title, Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning. Luke, thanks very much for coming in. We'll see you next week. We'll see you again next Friday afternoon at the same time. Will do. Luke Smith from Envision Financial back with us again next Friday on 2CC and we'll talk money matters some more. It's about three minutes to five. All the latest news is coming up next.